What a great time to worship God, amen? amen? And in every storm, the right solution is to lift up praise to God. That's how we fight. We fight our battles through worship. We trust God no matter what happens, and that's what we're doing today as God's people. We're worshiping Him. We're praising His name. And we come to church today with a lot of us heavy hearts, if I'm being real. Whether, whether you're at church in Mesa, in Ahwatukee, or joining us online, we have concern in our hearts because of the disease that's um, taking a lot of people by, by storm, right? And causing a lot of people to be concerned and to even be afraid. And I wanna encourage you today, I wasn't originally planning on preaching this Sunday, I had scheduled a guest speaker, but I decided yesterday to cancel that so that I could speak to you. And I wanna encourage you with a simple message today that sickness and disease is not new, yeah. right? As long as there has been humanity, there has been sickness and disease in this world. But even longer than that, there's been a God who's greater than sickness and disease. And we're confident in him. We're confident in our place as followers of Jesus. We know that through Jesus, we don't have to fear. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today, not being afraid. Very simple message, very straightforward. And I'm going to talk to you from Psalm 91 today. You can turn there in your Bible. You can go to Psalm 91. You can open up a Bible. For those of you who are at home right now in your living rooms, watching online, open up Psalm 91. Join along with us. And I want to read this slowly so that we can just absorb it into our souls. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Anybody trust God this morning? It says, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. That's what God says to you today. Let's pray right now. God, we ask that right now, as our hearts are open to you and your word, that you would fill our hearts with the truth your truth gives us peace, God. Fill us with your spirit. God, we pray that right now you would speak to us and lead us in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. 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 One of the things I want to talk to you about today is as this difficult situation is unfolding around us, it's important to keep things in perspective. I think that's a very important thing that we need to learn to do in life is to have perspective. Perspective keeps us sane. It's like I, I remember sometimes in my life when I gained perspective as I became older and more experienced 
and things didn't look the same from a place of perspective. Like when I was a young man growing up in Arizona, I had a concealed carry weapons permit and I would carry a handgun with me because I wanted to be prepared. And for those of you who don't like firearms, don't judge me. Um, I do, and so I would carry a handgun, and I, I just felt like, hey, I want to be prepared, and I want to be able to defend my family and my loved ones, and that's what's, that's what's up, and then I joined the military, and I went to Iraq for a year, and in Iraq, in this combat zone, there was a lot of ongoing, persistent danger. Every single day, our base would be attacked with rockets and mortars, and so I'd just be walking to lunch after a while. It became normal. You'd just be walking around like, Wee! and like there'd be explosions, and you're like, Everybody okay? Yeah, okay, cool. And you go back about your business and we'd go out on missions. And the first time I went out on a mission, I remember thinking in my mind as a young man, I remember thinking like, I could die. You know, like I, I could die. And I remember thinking like, I know I could die, but I'm even more afraid of being maimed because I just don't want to be like, you know, just disfigured and like, you know, my face is too pretty for that. And I just don't want, no, not really. I didn't really have that much to lose. But, but in that moment, it kind of hit me like, I guess I could, and that's just the way it is. And there's this reality that life is fragile. I remember when I came back from that deployment, came back to the United States, the thing that struck me was, all of a sudden, the United States of America seemed so safe. I had been in a war zone, and the same country that I came back to, it was still the same, but my perspective had changed. And where I saw danger and threats, now I saw safety. And, and I didn't feel the need to constantly protect myself like I did before. I'm not against that. Like, but I just didn't feel the same as I used to. I was like, we're so safe. It's ridiculous. No one's shooting at us right now. Like, this is awesome. It's just having a new perspective that made me feel different. And I think sometimes we need perspective. This situation with the coronavirus it's a serious situation by all means, and we don't, we don't make light of it. I mean, as of yesterday, I think 142,000 people had been infected. There had been 5,393 deaths known, and that is tragic. I mean, even one person dying is tragic. God cares about each and every individual life. They matter to God, and we are heartbroken for those families who are suffering and for people around the world who are having difficult times right now. We really care about that, but we also, at the same time, want to have perspective, amen? amen. So let me give you a little perspective. Every year, the seasonal flu, the regular old seasonal flu, kills between 291,000 to 646,000 people worldwide every single year. Every year, 1.25 million people die in a car crash worldwide. According to the Center for Disease Control, in 2017, in just the United States, 170,000 people died from accidents, like falling off a ladder, falling downstairs, tripping with a chainsaw. Yet, lots of you guys are still asking for power tools for Christmas. Right? The point is, there has always been danger. Life has always been fragile. The Bible says life is like a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. There's always been danger, but this situation, like none other that I've seen in my life, has highlighted the fact that fear is powerful. And I wanna make this point first. Fear is more contagious than any other disease. 
isn't it? It is much more contagious than any other disease. Now, I've been surveying people just informally over the last week, and I found that most people said, I'm not really scared of the virus. And some people said, I am scared about the virus. And we don't make fun of that. We don't mock anybody who's feeling anxious by any means. And then a lot of you said, I'm just scared of the people who are scared. But that's true, isn't it? Because you could be feeling fine many times. You're like, oh, I'm good, I feel fine. But then you see everyone else freaking out and you're like, wait a sec, should I be freaking out right now? Like, I'm questioning myself. Maybe I should go to Costco and get a five gallon bucket of mustard just in case. <laughs> like, just in case, should I be scared? And because of the panic that is taking place in a lot of people's hearts, you see that people are hoarding stuff that they don't need. They're yelling at each other in stores. There are shortages of toilet paper. People's jobs are getting closed down and finances are becoming a struggle. And it made me realize that panic is going to cause more suffering than this actual sickness. Amen? Now, we don't want anyone to catch this disease. We want to use good sense. We want to be responsible. We want to wash our hands. <laughs> By all means, cover your mouth when you cough. Stay home if you're sick. Be wise. If you're vulnerable uh, health-wise, be careful. That's using wisdom. We want to support our governing officials. As of right now, the Department of Health for Arizona has not recommended canceling large gatherings. And so as a pastor, I take my lead from the Lord and from our governing officials. And if they ask us to consider otherwise, then I wanna honor them according to the word of God and take that under consideration. Uh, and I will submit to our governing officials if they ask us to do something, as long as it's not unbiblical. But as of right now, I believe it's important for God's people to be able to gather together and to worship the Lord in faith. And as I've been going about my business, like many of you the last few days, I've noticed that life looks pretty normal. This morning I was driving to church and there was a line of shopping carts going around Costco before it even opened. Lots of people filling up Costco these days. Last night I went to a stockpile um, up some things, but it was just ice cream. I just went to get my ice cream for the week. And, you know, priorities. <laughs> And so I noticed at the, at the ice cream place, it was packed. Like there are people shoulder to shoulder standing in line using the same pen to sign their credit card receipt. Nobody was worried. They just wanted ice cream, <laughs> which I agree with that philosophy. I think in difficult times, you first turn to Jesus and then you turn to ice cream. <laughs> Amen. That's not biblical. That's just my opinion. But I just think that if we're going to go out and we're going to shop and we're going to go to the park and we're going to go to restaurants, it's also important for us to be able to gather as God's people and worship the Lord. We cannot let fear drive our choices. We cannot let fear drive our behavior. We should treat one another in love at all times. We need to be concerned with others and not just ourselves. So people, don't panic. Don't stockpile. Don't sell your retirement investments, right? Don't run to the mountains. Just wash your hands and trust God. That's my, that's my advice for you today. Because 
We know what scripture says. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, right? Timidity is being like, it's kind of bashful and kind of hesitant, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's the spirit that God has given us. Now, I want to focus for a minute on self-discipline because that's the part that gets tagged onto the end and often left out a little bit. Like, I'm all about the power. I'm all about the love. And then I'm like, and self-discipline. But let me focus on self-discipline because sometimes we have to control ourselves. One of the things that people are so freaked out about with this virus is it takes away their sense of control. Whenever there's hardship in this world, it takes away our ability to feel like we're in control. And we know that at all times, God is in control. But then the, the Spirit of God gives us the ability to self-discipline, to control ourselves when otherwise we might freak out a little bit. So the Spirit of God gives me the self-discipline to think of others and not just myself, to turn off the news, to stop clicking on articles that are meant to just drive us deeper into a black hole of fear, to stop scrolling through social media and contributing to the panic. Right? We already know that there's not toilet paper in some stores. We don't need 5,000 more people telling us about it. We get it. Self-discipline, right? I, I oftentimes, I, I don't want to do some of the things that I do, but the Spirit of God, he gives us self-discipline. Now, I think this is important to note. There is such thing as a spirit of fear. Someone told me, I went to Costco this week, and people were grabbing stuff and yelling at each other, and there was a spirit of fear and heaviness in that place. There is a spirit of fear, but you need to know, be reminded, this does not come from God. And as a Christian, it's helpful to remind yourself, the spirit of fear comes straight from the pits of hell. Fear is not an emotion that God has. And our God is an emotional God. Jesus displayed emotions in Scripture. So I want you to understand this next. As a believer, there is no room for fear in your life. There's just no room for it. There's no place for it. The Bible gives us clear indication that it's normal to feel a variety of emotions. God has emotions. So the, the Bible talks about how there's a time for weeping and laughing. Jesus wept. It's normal to get angry. God gets angry. But you know what Jesus never did? He never was afraid. Because God does not fear. Why would God fear? He's God. That's part of the benefit of being God. You have nothing to be afraid of. And we don't have to fear either because God, he's always with us. It says in Isaiah 41, verse 10, the Lord says this, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says, you don't have to fear because I'm with you. Now you've got to decide in your life as a follower of Jesus, if you're going to let yourself be full of fear or full of faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes people tell me I'm full of it. I just hope I'm full of faith and not fear. That's what they mean, right? I'm full of faith? Like, you're full of faith, pastor. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and I think all of us have to decide, like, there is this possibility, there's a possibility that right now in some of you, your hearts, you feel a little bit of faith and a little bit of fear. Okay, just being real. But we can make a conscious choice as followers of Jesus to let ourselves be full of faith. And when faith rises up in your spirit, it drives out all fear. 
It drives, there's no room for fear in your life when you're filled with faith. The Bible never says it's okay to fear. The Bible does tell us it's okay to mourn when we lose loved ones. It's okay to be sad about suffering. God is sad about suffering. But the Bible never tells us as Christians, it's okay to be a little bit afraid. God just says hundreds of times in his word, he says, do not fear, fear not, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, fear not, do not fear, fear not, don't be afraid, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, fear not, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, fear not. He's like, how many different ways can I say it before you believe it? Don't fear, you don't have to fear. Why? Because he's with you. You don't have to fear because God is with you. You never have to fear because God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who, who set the universe in motion, he's with you and beside you. So fear and faith is incompatible. God's with you, and, and as a Christian, his spirit is living inside of you. And so the spirit of God with you, the spirit of God does not cohabitate with fear. The Holy Spirit living inside you does not accept roommates named fear, selfishness, dread, or anxiety. When Jesus moves into your heart, when the Spirit of God moves into your heart, he starts evicting all the other roommates. He's like, addiction, you're gone. Fear, you're gone. Selfishness, you're gone. He's like, just get out. There's only room in your heart for one king. His name is Jesus. He's in control. He's always with you. And so we keep this in the forefront of our minds that, man, fear and faith, those things are incompatible. And now we all know as, as wise people, as responsible people, that there is a risk of spreading disease. So that's why we say, you know, wash your hands, man. Cover your mouth when you sneeze and when you cough. But we have to also realize as Christians how important it is that we don't spread fear. Fear, remember, it's contagious. And so we've got to decide that as believers in Jesus, we're going to spread faith instead of fear. Right now is an opportunity for you as a Christian to be a light to other people who feel trapped in darkness. And man, right now you're like, I've got my own scare, you know, things I'm scared about, things I'm worried about. I've got my own concerns. I feel like I'm in the middle of a storm. I don't know how I'm going to be encouraging to other people. That's a great thing to kind of start with, right? Because you got to start with this. I've got to encourage myself before I can encourage others. I've got, to, I've got to build myself up in the spirit before I can build other people up. So how do you build yourself up? The word of God tells us in Psalm 91, his faithful promises are your armor and protection. So whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're feeling nervous, scared, Whatever it might be, whatever the situation, the promises of God are your armor and protection. It's like putting on that chest plate, putting on that helmet, putting on your armor, right? And you're going out into the world, right? And you got some people around you who are spreading rumors and they're fear-mongering. And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And you've got to take yourself back to the promises of God. His promises are going to guard your heart and guard your mind. That's what, that's what we have to do. We have to guard our hearts and minds because the devil is a liar. 
and he will speak lies to your heart. When you think to yourself, if you think to yourself at all in these coming weeks, like, I don't know if we're gonna be okay. What if the world falls apart around us? What if we're all doomed? That is a lie from the devil. That's an attack from Satan. That does not come from God. You gotta guard your heart with the promises of God. No, God said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. God said, he's for me, so who can be against me? God said, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus. God said, I have a hope through Jesus Christ because he rose from the dead. Like I have to remind myself of what God has already said to build myself up and encourage myself, and that's what we have to do to build ourselves up. That's what we're doing right now. We're reminding ourselves of God, his promises and protection. So you might feel overwhelmed by this situation, some of you today, but I want to just say to you today, you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. You don't have to worry. You're going to, yeah, let's just give God praise for one second right now. I feel like we want to. Let's just do it. I know it's true. We're going to be fine. You're going to be okay because the word of God tells you that you will be. It said in verse five, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night. Do not be afraid, it said, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Could God have said it any more clearly? No, he said it. There's always been sickness and disease, so God told you in advance, you don't have to fear this. You don't have to dread this. What might happen? What if this happens? What if I can't get any more bread at the store? What if this happens? What if schools never open back up and my kids stay in my house all day and they drive me crazy? I'm dreading. I'm dreading. Don't dread that. And, and, and what if it gets worse? Here's the thing. Logically, it's going to get worse. More people are going to get this sickness before it gets better, most likely. Right, but the word of God tells you, though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. You have this confidence in Jesus. It's like the Bible's telling us, like, you know, doom, 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 can't touch this. It says in verse 11, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. You know that God has ordered his angels to work around the clock overtime right now to protect you wherever you go, right? Everywhere you go, as God's people, his angels, powerful, almighty beings who don't have to sleep, who aren't gonna get sick, they're protecting you wherever you go. Everywhere you go, you've got an army of angels, you've got a five-gallon bucket of Purell in your purse, you just keep plying that, and you know, you're gonna be okay. It says in verse 13, you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents and coronavirus under your feet. And now this reminds me of the prophecy about the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. When Adam and Eve sinned, sickness and disease entered into this world. God created the world originally good without sin or sickness. But when mankind, who had free will, rebelled against God and sinned, the effects of sin entered the world. But right away in Genesis chapter 3, God promised that there would be a Savior. His name is Jesus. And that he would crush the head of the serpent. And that's what we see, the promise to God's people. Through Jesus Christ, you will crush the head of fierce lions and serpents under your feet. This is metaphorical language, but it's a promise that holds true for us today. Whatever it is, whatever you face, and over time, right, just looking back a little bit into history, there's always been serious situations 
The things that are scary in the moment. You think back to World War I, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, World War II, the Cold War, 9-11, the financial crisis of 2008. We had the N1H1 swine flu. We had the Zika virus. And now we've got this. But whatever it is, you will overcome in Jesus' name. You will overcome. As Christians, we are not surprised by difficulties. Jesus Christ told us 2,000 years ago in John 16, in this world, you guys, you will have trouble. You will. He said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus wasn't afraid. He told you, you're gonna have trouble. And so when this type of thing happens, we say, oh man, I really wish this wasn't happening, but Jesus told me this was gonna happen. Yet I know that in the midst of every situation, I have hope because Jesus has already overcome sin, sickness, and the grave. We know that we have hope in Jesus Christ no matter what. So we're gonna spread faith instead of fear. Here's what we know. There are hardships in this world right now. There are problems. But peace is not found in the absence of problems. It's found in the person of Jesus. That's where we find peace, in Jesus We're not waiting for problems to disappear and then we'll have peace. In the midst of problems, we put our eyes on Jesus and then we have peace. That's how this works. He is our source of peace. He is your source of comfort. I love what it says in Psalm 91 verse 14. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And then I think this is the most important part. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. You know, you think about people who had been in difficult moments needing to be rescued and then the rescue helicopter comes over the horizon or the the first responders show up to help them. And in that moment, they have this feeling of relief and hope knowing I'm saved. I'm saved. Like, I was in danger, but help has come, and now I'm saved. Well, here's what I want to say to you lastly as a church. You don't have to fear when you've already been saved. You've already been saved. There has always been danger, but we've already been saved. And that's important to keep in mind because there are other statistics that I need to share with you. Here's an important statistic. We all need to just take hold of it. I know nobody likes statistics. They're boring. Get on with the Pastor Ryan. But here's just one I want to share with you. Okay, here's my statistic. One out of every one persons will die. There is a 100% mortality rate for humanity. Unless Jesus returns first, you're going to die. Like, eventually you will. I will. That's why we need to know, where am I going to go when I die? Like, I hope it's a long time for now for all of us. But where are we going to go if we die? And I think this is helpful to keep in mind. What if the worst happens? A lot of people right now are afraid of death. What if I die? Well, I know that if my faith is in Jesus, I don't have to fear death. That's an important truth that we all have to take hold of. I know many times our older saints, as they get closer to the end of their lives, 
they bring this truth closer to themselves. They hold on to this as a source of comfort. And that when things like this happen in our society, a lot of times younger people who have never considered mortality are faced with fear. But all of us need to know that life is short. None of us are promised tomorrow. So we have to know where we're going when we die. I want all of you to know I'm saved. I've already been saved. It doesn't matter what happens. Here's what Jesus said in John 11:25. 25. Jesus said to her, a woman whose brother had just died, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's what Jesus asked the woman, and that's what he's asking us today. Do you believe this? The one who believes in him will live even though they die. That's how it works when you're a Christian. Jesus said on the cross to the thief who was nailed to his side, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. The apostle said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If I die, I'm getting a life upgrade, and I'll go be with Jesus, right? And so by all means, I'm going to wash my hands. But I don't need to fear even death. Because God is in control and I know where I'm going when I die. I've already been saved. I'm not waiting for the Calvary to come over the hill. Jesus has already come. And he set us free from the fear of death. And so I want to make sure that every single one of us, whether we're in Mesa or Ahwatukee or online right now, make sure every single person has this opportunity to take hold of this confidence and hope that we have in Jesus. You can be saved. You can know that you're saved. You can be liberated from the fear of sickness and death. It comes through placing your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible said, anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to earn it. You'll never deserve it, but you receive it as a gift, not based on what you do, but on what Jesus has already done. It's just a gift that we receive. It's, it's not something that, that we work for. We just receive it. So if that's you today and you want to take that step of faith, I think that's important that you have this opportunity to do so. Let's just bow our heads right now. Wherever you're at, take a moment of privacy and have a moment of prayer with God. And if you wanna accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now, then just repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, I need you. I know that I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose again so that I could have eternal life. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my hope in you. I'm going to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. God is so good. And when we're celebrating with any of you who just prayed that prayer, let's do that right now. Let's just celebrate. Amen. Well, let's do that. Those of you who are with us right now, let's go ahead and stand to our feet at this moment. In Mason and Ahwatukee, and if you're at home, you can stand to your feet as well. We're just gonna take a moment to pray before the Lord. The president has declared this a national day of prayer. And as God's people, we're the first to say, amen. Let's pray together. So I'm gonna put some focus points up on the screen for you. And I'm gonna ask you to join me right now. Let's pray with faith 
Let's pray with conviction in Jesus' name right now. God, we trust you and we come to you as your people. We keep our eyes focused on you. You're our hope, you're our savior, you're our strong tower of refuge in times of trouble. We look to you, God, during this time. And Lord, right now we pray as a church for all of our governing officials. We pray that you would give them wisdom and peace, God. Lead them and guide them so that they can lead and guide us. We honor them, God, and we ask that you would use them for your purposes in Jesus' name. As they make decisions, as they study the facts, God, just lead them into your will. We pray for this in your name, God. And Lord, next we pray for the sick. God, we pray for anyone who is unwell across our planet right now, we know that suffering displeases you, God, and grieves you. We pray for supernatural healing for them, Lord, and we know that all of us are promised to be eventually healed no matter what we face in this life. God, we pray that you would alleviate suffering and we pray that you would comfort those who are feeling unwell right now. Lord, I pray against this virus. Lord, we pray against this virus that you would supernaturally stop its spread, God. We know that this virus is causing suffering and hardship. We ask for you to quench it, to stop its spread. You're powerful and greater above all sickness, Lord. We know that you're able. God, we also pray for a vaccine. We know that you work supernaturally and you work through science, God. We pray for a vaccine to be developed quickly and we know that you will use tools like medicine, Lord, to help us in this struggle, God. So help scientists and doctors to, to discover this vaccine and to fix it, Lord. We're hearing news that is close, but we pray that it would happen quickly. God, we pray for all lost people who don't know Jesus Christ, anyone who does not have the hope of Jesus, that during this time of difficulty, they would look for hope and for answers and that they would find you. We pray that this will be an opportunity for lost people to find you and that as your people, we would have open doors to speak truth to those who are around us, God. We wanna share the love of Jesus. We know that Jesus is the only name that saves and that anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So we pray that that happens in great numbers during this time. And Lord, lastly, we pray for the love and peace of God to flood our hearts right now, Lord, to fill up our homes and to fill our community. Lord, I pray that every believer in this church would be blessed, would have peace, would have faith, God, that you would give us love, remind us of your love, and fill us with love for those around us. God, we look to you and we trust you in this season. In Jesus' name, all of God's people with faith said, amen, amen.